You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. Tonight, we're getting in the DeLorean. We're going to hit 88 miles per hour as we discuss Back to the Future. You, no trouble. Me, Fifth Element. You will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death, praying for war. But until that day, you are cute. Sound off like you got a pair. Welcome to the podcast. We're your host. I'm Brian Elkins. With me here tonight, Mr. Jeremy Benson. Howdy. And Mr. Jared Callen. You're just too damn loud, Brian. You're just too damn loud. Am I too damn loud? I think it's, I think the line is too darn loud. <laughs> it, you know what? Is it the uh, is it the glasses and the uh, the crew cut? Oh, well, yeah. he's not wearing a crew cut. What is he? He's just got a he's, nice. He's got he's got, he's got the like science teacher comb over with the glasses and the megaphone. Huey Lewis definitely did not have the boofy hair though. That yeah. we think of. Well, he's got it <laughs> slick back. That's right. Very 50s style. But that was in the 80s, though. Oh, you're right. Yeah, that's in 85 in that scene. Damn. Yeah. But he was an adult, so he would have grown up in the 50s. Yeah. Well, that's true. What does that have to do with know, Well, you know that your hairstyle doesn't change throughout your life. No, I beg to differ. <laughs> I got photos, brother. Mine did. <laughs> your hair, both of y'all's hair has been the same since I've known you. Well, you haven't known us your entire, our entire life. Yeah. I know. <laughs> you just but known me since <laughs> male pattern baldness, Jared. And, and since adult laziness, Jared. <laughs> what are you going to do? Fuck your hair up, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But we are here talking Back to the Future, another... Steven Spielberg produced flick. We've done a lot of these this year. Yeah. From Amblin Entertainment. Probably one of the best movies ever made. Wow. Amen. Holy All shit. Right. You just we're we're, com- we're coming out of the gate on that. And even when I was in film school, they used this movie as perfect. This is a perfect film as far as like the way, you know, act structure, structure and. Oh, okay. Get, get, like, you know, like it, it's by the book, you know. Pacing-wise, yeah. You, you know, on page this, this happens, and, you know, they try to push it like that. Like, yeah, you know, screenwriting. Yeah, so if you're trying to make the perfect movie, this is one you need to look at, especially with how they tell the story visually without having, you know, everything. Just like that, that whole opening sequence with the clocks. I wonder and, what that says, because when I was in film school, the film they brought up for that was Raiders of the Lost Ark. 
directed by Steven, Steven Spielberg. Spielberg. Oh, basically, if Spielberg touches it, if it's not 1941 and the other two movies he did with these guys, <laughs> which was like what was like, um, to make us holding hands and, uh, and or like, I want to hold your hand. I want to hold your hand. I've and, never seen that. And I haven't either. And then there's another one. Apparently, they didn't Used do very cars well. Used cars with Kurt Russell. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Wasn't bad. No, that's a good movie. I yeah. like that film quite a bit. Of course, Zemeckis did Romance in the Stone. He got famous for that. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, that was a big box office hit. Not quite as big as John this. Wilder. She's so fine in that, guys. And then she's like, yeah. Then she turns real scary. <laughs> she gets older, like with her scary voice. You don't find it sultry. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> Fucking what is the? Uh, what was that? The Inspector Gadget bad guy? Fucking uh, Doctor Claw? Or, yeah. <laughs> Whatever that was. It's like, I'll like, get you, Gadget. <laughs> Dr. Claw! <laughs> oh, is that what it was? Dr. Claw? Just Dr. Claw. Right, there and, you, go. you know. Okay, Penny. <laughs> Going off into 80s stuff. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't, I don't I think the film that they brought up, uh, screenwriting for Perfect Structure, uh, was, was Chinatown when I was going to school. Yeah, we that watched was, Chinatown. Yeah, that was the one. Um, but th- this is like, you know, like in terms of being able to really easily see the structure of it because everything is echoed throughout the film because, oh, yeah. you know, they're they're doing time travel jokes between the 50s um, and the 80s. So there's a lot of juxtaposition going on, so it's really easy to spot it in this film. Right. But it is really smart, though, because it, it seems like it's so simple. And they do so much um, different things in a scene. Like, they'll, they're not only giving you exposition, but they're also showing you something about the character. Yeah, it's all about character building. Right? This movie defines its characters very well, and, and you know who they are. And then as, as it builds, well, hell, throughout the entire like trilogy, it just keeps building and building and well, building it's, upon it, itself. It's all these ex- eccentric characters around Marty. Yeah. Who you're supposed to relate yes. to as like the normal guy. <laughs> right. Crazy-ass Doc Brown. Who oh, delivers one of my favorite lines in movie history. What's that? Great Which Scott. One? Do you know what this means? It means that this damn thing doesn't work at all. Oh, I fucking love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's got, he's got a bunch of good ones. I even like the one where he's just like, I invent something that works. <laughs> it it's like that's that's his takeaway from that whole scene. It's like, yes, look, I'm telling you all this great stuff. Wait, it works. Oh, my God. I'm not a loser. He's really, really, really good in this. Yeah, and, he and like he he plays it over the top, and but in the interviews he talks about how he was just playing it very what he thought it was straight to him, but it kind of comes off as a little campy, but it, it works. It works really well. He's like so, he's just so good. He, he, he like he's disappears delivering in the those lines so so. Like I was telling you guys earlier, watching the movie as a kid, I totally was watching it for Michael J. Fox, and but now like he steals the show for me. Like just he delivers these lines that are so quick. Oh, rhythmic yeah. ceremonial ritual coming up, which is like, oh, it's great. And I, I and also, what is that? What am I wearing? Wait, what am I? Uh, radiation suit. Ah, it must be from all the fallout from the atomic wars. I love how he talks and he's always interrupting Marty. Uh, Marty trying to talk. He's like, no, no, wait up, wait a minute, Marty. You know, which um, I, I've watched um, uh, Rick and Morty, and you really see that that their dynamic in that cartoon show. Oh yeah, is it? Yeah, with, with the, Marty and uh, yeah, yeah, it, it totally is. But like when I watched it, I didn't. I was like, okay, yeah, it is. But like now, going back and watching uh, Back to the Future, you totally see what they're doing. You know, they're totally. It's just like, <laughs> like seriously, like watch the first like the first bit of the movie. Every time Marty tries to talk, 
like the uh, the doc cuts him off, and, and like he's it's, and that's just exactly how they are in Rick and Morty. Every time, oh Rick, what are we gonna shut up, Morty? Like he just, <laughs> <laughs> he just moves right on, you know. Oh man, he does have a lot of good uh, stuff he's doing in the background of all the scenes. Like if you just watch him in the background, he's doing a lot of good stuff. Oh, there. he's good, man. Crispin Glover's doing a lot of good stuff too, man. He's he's playing it up a little bit. Um, yeah, more of the teenager role, you know. He's a little bit eccentric, but I don't know. It works for me. No, my I kids don't... cracked up when they didn't laugh when Marty was doing the Darth Vader thing. But the next day, when Glover runs up to him and says, Marty, Darth Vader came to me last night. And, <laughs> oh, they just died laughing. Did you guys watch the extended cut of that scene? No, I did not get a chance to watch the deleted scenes. That's really cool. Like, it shows you. You should watch that episode. I mean, episode, that episode, fuck. That, that scene, it was like twice as long. It even goes to the whole point where like he's like chloroforming. Uh, Crispin Glover and then like it shows him like this really cool shot where the exterior of the house where he like sneaks out a window yeah. and like walks across the top of uh, the pagoda or whatever like the like the, the, the front of the house which is kind of cool looks really good and he jumps down in the car with uh, Doc Brown and he's like man I hope I didn't use too much chloroform or whatever <laughs> and they drive off <laughs> um, but yeah it, it's, it's really cool you actually get to see a little bit more of it but like uh, it, it's a really good example of editing to show you like look you don't need all of that you know you just need what they used, you know, to actually yep. get the point across and, and to move on. But as a filmmaker, you're like, no, 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 it'd be really cool. We could see all this stuff and like, you know, and have Doc. You go, oh yeah, Doc was there the whole time. You know, he was helping out. You know, but you don't need it. It's it, it's completely superfluous. You, at that point, for that like little subplot, you need to get yeah. in and get out. You know, and that, that's where that I think the movie really like where its rewatchability lies. You know, it's like every single problem that comes along in the script. It, it, they get solved and they and they move on and there's a new problem that arises and then they solve that one and then there's another problem and it's constantly going and I also love how it doesn't not, feel like it's they're not spending down. a whole lot of time trying to explain how things work yeah well they do a flux little flux capacitor makes time travel possible <laughs> okay I believe it well I mean they they show you how like the DeLorean works and they they set but that they up. don't go into like a detail no, they try don't. to try to be scientific about it they, the flux capacitor makes it work oh that's what makes time travel possible they explain it by showing it to you before even Marty knows what the fuck's going on he's like all right Marty look what's about to happen here I'm gonna take my dog and I'm gonna throw him in this car and he's like well, doc what the fuck are you doing like, <laughs> you just disintegrated he's Einstein. Like, did you just kill Einstein he's like no Marty <laughs> here stand here in front of this vehicle it's gonna go 88 miles oh, an I, hour I love that it's like coming out, he's trying to move. He's like, no, 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 watch this. He's like, what the fuck? Which, if you think about he's it, trying to get away from it. Historically, <laughs> Doc's inventions don't work. Right. Doc was taking a chance. Oh, he really was. Oh, no. You even see his reaction, like, afterwards. He's like, yeah! <laughs> and he's We're kind of, alive! But, but, like, yeah, before he starts dancing, there is a moment where he's just like, oh, my God. It worked. <laughs> he doesn't say anything at all. There's a look that they share, uh, like, it's in that scene, and I think it's when the, right before the start car starts coming back at them, you know, and Marty's holding the the red camcorder, and they're both looking down at the car, and then Marty kind of drops the camcorder, and he's looking, and he kind of like like he starts to edge over to the right, but it's right before he moves over, and like Doc likes turns and like looks at him for a <laughs> yes. second, and it's like what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> yeah, it's just that little look. It's like wow, they play so much to their like relationship, like right. just, just 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 in glances, yeah. Well, I mean, well, they, they have to because they, that is probably like the weakest element of the movie is like, how are these two people friends? Yeah, that is kind of weird, right? Yeah. If you think about it. Yeah. And, you know, you just have to go with like, 
Yeah, you know, Doc. somehow they they ran into each other, and Marty liked this crazy old dude. Yeah, like Marty well, must built him massive like amplifiers. Yeah. <laughs> Right, you know, <laughs> Marty tests out and records like all this crap. Yeah, like, maybe he was like uh, built him a first like uh, I, I saw know, something last night I had never seen before. Opening titles of the movie, you're panning the clocks, right? Yeah. yeah. Did y'all notice the little dock hanging off the clock arm? I saw somebody hanging off, but I didn't, I didn't notice oh, no, it was a dock. Just but I, a person. Yeah, hanging, I, I totally but, saw oh. somebody hanging off that. Yeah, 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 yeah foreshadowing yeah. there. Yeah, it is. They 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 set up they set up Doc's entire story there. Yeah, and his, um, house, his mansion burning down. Yeah, and actually, and I, I noticed like um, <laughs> I love that. Uh, like he kicks a skateboard into the plutonium. At some point, like he, he's uh, he's in his mansion. We're, we're back in 1955, and he's like trying to figure out what to do. And he's sitting there holding a picture of like Albert, either Albert Einstein or or Tesla or somebody. And he's just like sitting there thinking, like, what would you do? You know, but like he's just sitting there like contemplating, looking at this like picture. You know, I, I just love that. It's it's little subtle things like that. All those little things around his house, and, and then, they, they show him later. One point twenty one gigawatts. <laughs> How can I be so careless? Where are we gonna get that kind of power? I don't really hear a lot of interviews with Christopher Lloyd, especially about uh, Back to the Future. Have you guys seen a lot on him? Uh, just stuff that they have on the Blu-rays and stuff, and that those conventions or right. carpet stuff. With the uh, the Nerdist podcast, he he goes really deep into it, and he had he did not want to do it at all. He's like he 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 was he was going to go. He wanted to be a, like a stage actor. He's like that's where the real acting happens. Yeah, and that's this this is he like said that in there. yeah no he that's said where that real yeah actors yeah, go. <laughs> yeah but he, like, he he really believed that, and he was like he's like I'm not going to go yeah. do this like children's movie. You know, and like ruin my career when I can actually go do something that's actually that, that fulfills me as an actor. You yeah, know? that's pretty crazy. Because well, 1985, <clears throat> Steven Spielberg. So I mean, well, children's film. You know, I mean, yeah, you, you can see where he's coming from a little bit. You can, but what's what's interesting is that like you see him as a character, and he's like over the top, and he's animated, and he's kind of like clown a little bit in there, and he's kind of playing it really big, and and you're like, wow, this is crazy, and you wouldn't expect that that guy is like, oh, I'm a thespian, you know, like, oh, well, you know. I know you know what he did movie. on Taxi, though. Did you guys ever? Did you guys I didn't ever really watch? see Taxi. Yeah, I didn't either. Having directed actors from the stage, I can see how he's acting really big. Yeah, it makes sense, right? But yeah, but he was on Taxi, though, right? Yeah, he was. He was on that before this, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. So Had to be. This one. Yeah, because that was in the seventies, right? Yeah, seventies or eighties. With my man Danny DeVito. Yeah. All right. I'm taller than he is. Are you? Yeah. Thank Boom. You, dude. <laughs> Throwing some shade in Pretty your sure. <laughs> Pretty sure I got him by an inch or two. There's always somebody that you're taller than. <laughs> I'm going to look that up. I think you should, man. You need we're that win today. Get shorty next. <laughs> While we're pausing for him to look that up, I've got a, I got a beef with Brian. You got a beef? Yeah. What's your beef, man? Okay, so remember how we did all those like Halloween movies? <laughs> oh damn it! I know where this is going. How can we not ever... Yeah, no, yeah, we, we definitely remember. Okay, that. so we finally wrapped up the last one, and we had this like minor debate, and I was gonna like pull the clip, but I'm gonna leave that up to you, and it is in there. I, li- I listened to it, and I'm gonna say it's it's a real pumpkin. I don't think it's CG. No, dude, that that's CG or some Come kind on, of animation. Man. Yeah, dude, no, it is. Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, look, if I'd it's like not, to think that they. I'd so like to think that they animated said. and layers upon layers of stuff. Because I mean, they definitely had a glow, like this really funky glow, like when you start pushing in on the eye. Yeah, there's this glow effect that's coming out of the eye, to, and it's like, yeah, that, I don't know why that's I'd like there. to think that the plate of it is is a rotted pumpkin. Yeah, I can see that. You know what I mean? Just like you know, 
one day I, 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 we will solve this, and I'm probably going to be wrong, but I'd like to think it would be. Brian was like, "There is no way that that o- that that opening pumpkin scene is real." Got him by four inches. You got him by four inches. Wait, so, what are we talking about? Four ten. Vince's got Devito by four inches. Yeah. Congratulations, man. I feel tall. <laughs> but, but anyways, the uh, just to set the record straight, so dirty. <laughs> the beginning of uh, 2018's Halloween, the pumpkin is real. It is. It's a time lapse. And it's a time lapse because yeah. you know, if you had the money, you would do it that way, even though they did it for a few hundred bucks. So, But they, they did add the glow and the camera move, but yeah, it's a time lapse pumpkin. It is. All right. Okay. Eat my words. <laughs> I was wrong. So it was real <sighs> with a little CG. Yeah. Well, yeah, just in a camera move. And uh, what's interesting is, like, if you see the behind-the-scenes shots of it, um, they shot it oh. on a uh, on a DSLR time lapse, but they also had like a like an old film camera set up. Really? Yeah. So they were doing shots both at the same time. I don't know which one they used for the movie, huh. but they, but they were running multiple cameras just to test. That's interesting. Yeah. You you think you'd get like really different exposures? Yeah. Yeah. You know. I guess I guess it wouldn't be a problem with the the DSLR. You just light it for film, and then right whatever <laughs> stop whatever <laughs> down. I don't know. Yeah, what yeah, you, yeah. You just, you just match to whatever stock yeah. the film is. That's true. Anyways, yeah, smart pretty cool. guys. And for some reason, they in the, in the article we read, it said that they were able to rot those pumpkins within a week. I've had a pumpkin sitting on my front porch that I threw away yesterday uh, for uh, over a month, and that motherfucker still hadn't rotted yet. <laughs> Oh man, I had like my yeah. I mean, like were, it did. It didn't rot like the one in that movie, like where it like all sunk oh, in on it. Put salt on it. Did not put salt on it. Put salt on it. Well, so salt kills slugs and pumpkins. There <laughs> well, we go. <laughs> you that, that's see. my logic. Is I've seen what it'll do to a slug, so it's got to do the same thing to a pumpkin. I, I just see an image of like somebody opening the top of a jack o' lantern, like taking his hat off and then pouring salt into it, and you see its mouth go no, and it like sucks into itself. <laughs> And it just like melts into a pile. I'm (laughs) I'm melting. Oh my! Which brings me back. (laughs) It's Back to the Future. Dealing with time. Uh, Yes, (laughs) guys. What did you guys? What did you guys think about watching this movie? Now, Um, it came out in 1985. Right. Right. So we we got some time with it. It doesn't feel dated. Like the pace feels good. It does feel like a timeless movie, but. Some of the ideas in the film and, like, what the characters want and what the idea of the better life is does seem a little weird and kind of shallow. Because really when you think about it, like, Marty McFly, you know, like, at the end, his parents, they get the good life and they're, his dad's a successful no- novelist. They're okay. still living in the same house. Which yeah. is weird. They have the same, they have better furniture and they have better cars. And their kids still live at home even though they have better jobs. And it's just such the idea of, like, 80s, like, you know what I mean? It's, like, one step away from, like, Wall Street. You know, like, if the guy wasn't a novelist, right. he would have been, like, uh, Michael Douglas's character <laughs> in, in Wall Street. like Blue shirts, white collars. Yeah, yeah is it? White I don't cuffs. know. <laughs> if this movie was made today, I Big don't phones. think it would have, yeah, it would have ended on some, like, sappier note or, you know what I mean? Yeah, it I, seems I very what you're saying there, but, commercialism. But it didn't bug me. It seems sweet and innocent. Like, uh, it's, you know what I mean? It seems like very juvenile. Well, it's a little storybooky. Yeah. Why not? We want him to come back and his, he's find out his dad's killed his mom because of repressed anger from 
No, I'm not saying I want it dark. That's no, because like, she ends up finding out. He tells us the truth. I was actually like peeping tomming on you, and right. I was looking at you in those granny panties, and I just could not deal with it. You know, it's just it's what it's what you see in the '80s of being. You know, like the '80s is known for its materialism, right. and they, that's what Marty gets at the end of the movie is materialism. He gets that badass truck. He gets his girl. Yeah, he get yeah. You know, and it's like family's all good. Well, he also learns the lesson of if you put your mind to it, you can accomplish anything. Which at the beginning of the movie, he was all fixed to chicken out and not turn in his demo record and be just like his dad. But by seeing his dad be like that, he learned that he needed to put his mind to stuff. And that would have been chicken? awesome. And then, like we could have gotten a scene like when he came back, and we could have gotten that highlighted instead of. But like, we can't. We got to go back. We got to have Doc show up and interrupt everything because Doc interrupts. It's it's just weird. That's, to have. that's exactly. That's, that's the theme. That's is Doc interrupts. <laughs> it's just I don't know. It's, it is weird. It's just materialistic. I don't know. And I kept thinking like politically. Like now, I just kept hearing like "Make America Great Again." Just kept running through my head the entire time. And then we were watching really? the movie. Yeah, watching the movie with because it takes place in the eighties, right? Right. And they dropped Ronald Reagan's name. And I love in this movie the eighties is the shithole, and the fifties is the glorious like. Well, they said that the, re- the reason they made the 50s look the way they did is because they were ma- making it look like the way it did in TV back then. You know, that, like, picture perfect, everything squeaky clean. You know? Yeah, but they didn't have to make the 80s look that way. Don't, don't you think they were, like, uh, making a slight <laughs> statement there? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I mean, it, se- it seems to me like they were making, like, because, an, 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 you know, think about, like, New York during the 80s as well. It's crime ridden. Um, that's like even. I mean, just think about all the movies in the late eighties, in the in the nineties, how New York was depicted, and just like Bad Lieutenant, like that. <laughs> well, I'm thinking like just Ninja terrible. Turtles, you know, yeah. and that's a kids' film. And then, yeah. what was that? 1990, and like New York looks like a shithole <laughs> run with crime. I don't know. Well, it's just... It needed mutant turtles to help clean up the streets, <laughs> eat pizza. <laughs> I love the Watching scene where he passes the pizza down into the sewer grate. It's late, dude. It's free. <laughs> it didn't bother me. No, nah, it didn't really stand nah, out. I did think to it was me. kind of funny that they lived in the same house. Yeah, that was weird. Because even my kid was like, "He's gonna wake up and it's not gonna be his dad's house anymore." I'm like, no, nah, it's the next one. <laughs> There's a sequel. Oh my god. <laughs> my kids really did enjoy watching this. Oh, my kids, yeah, they they loved it. Yeah, I was surprised. Like all three of them watched this. Brandon put it on his top five of all time. Well, as he should have. But this time around, I realized how like uh, sexually charged, you know, his mom is when she's a teenager. Oh yeah, that girl is like down, man. She's just like, like she's so fucking got fucking drinking and smoking. Oh yeah, yeah. Let me be such a square. (laughs) How you know what it said in my underwear, girl? Damn. (laughs) She looking. He can stay in my room. <laughs> Whoa. If you ever have a kid like this, I'll disown you. <laughs> <laughs> That's, dude, there's so many great lines. So if you I mean, guys were... I mean, it's such an interesting like concept. Yeah. If you could go back and see your parents as teenagers. But like, put yourself in, in his position where you've got foxy-ass mama after his ass. What, what would you do? Would you, would you fuck your mama? It's still your what? mom. <laughs> it depends on how much... like. 50s liquor I got into. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you would just Jared's vanish like, into oblivion, <laughs> huh? <laughs> we're like, we're going out strong, guys. Fuck it. I'm going out of existence in the weirdest way. <laughs> it's like as soon as you come, you're like, ah! 
<laughs> you just pop out of existence. Oh, my God. And she's like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> Hillbilly back to the future. <laughs> hey, mama. <laughs> oh, man. It's like I always say, well, I go down the street and you go down the hall. My daughter. <laughs> or even oldest, through the parallel dimension. My oldest daughter brought up that. Oh my God. Imagine how many just private, quiet conversations between George and his wife after Marty was born. How many times they went, he looks a lot like that Calvin Klein guy. Remember? The, the kid that we, like, that we that named. us up. That we, that we named him after. He Marty. Look, he looks and acts just like that motherfucker. <laughs> they probably don't point. know what that motherfucker looks like. They only saw, what, it was like a week? They only saw him for a week, you know? But he hooked them like, up. They was, were still talking about. They, they were named talking their about kid how they him. got. But it was together. like thirty years ago. Man, look, I'm, I'm gonna At lie to you. At the beginning of the movie, somebody I met a week ago in high school, and that hasn't even been thirty years yet. I can't remember. I couldn't remember somebody I met for a week in high school. You've drank a lot of coffee since then. But at the beginning of the movie, <laughs> she was telling the story of how they met. So you don't think she's still going to remember the story of how she met? No, because now she doesn't have the Florence uh, Nightingale effect. <laughs> Well, the story changed. It's going to have to change because it did get hit by the car. Calvin Klein got hit by the car. Right. Yeah, so she's she going to remember yeah. dude laying the biff out. She's yeah. going to be like, yeah, George came to my rescue. I almost got raped in a car in the 50s. Because <laughs> I was on a date with dude. Marty who played up on the stage who she, just so happens to look just like our son. Right. Well, she couldn't have got raped in that dress anyway. See how much frill was underneath it? Like when she's like in there and it's all going everywhere. Oh, dude, dude, Biff was, he was, he was, <laughs> he's, he's, layers, like, he's like, dude. I can't fucking find it. And there this, all this fucking, like, what are you wearing? <laughs> he was drunk, you know. Yeah. It happens. I love how he's like, he, he, he like, he throws her in the car and he turns to all his thugs. He's like, <laughs> this ain't no peep show. He's like, he's like, y'all get the fuck out of here. I'm going to take care of this for a minute. <laughs> like, they're, they're just like, okay, Biff, you rape her. We'll be, we'll, we'll be around front of Marty. We're going to throw him in the trunk. <laughs> well, I always thought that they a were going to throw trunk. Him, Yeah, they were going to throw him in the trunk and they were going to go back and watch. Yeah. If the, if the band guys hadn't scared him off because they were, they were doing this in a hurry. They were Dude, like, oh, we got to throw him in quick. I, I can't believe they threw out that Rachel sir. What are you looking at, spook? And oh, he's like, yeah. what do you call a spook? He's we like, don't want to miss with any reefer addicts. <laughs> reefer addicts. Reefer addicts. so funny, dude. They all get out. It's, what a cool... Uh, it's like, wow. Like, I can't believe that all that's in there. You know, and I t- totally, yeah. like, oblivious to it as a kid watching it. Oh, really? Yeah, I was. Oh, uh, yeah, I think I, I the reefer thing. Yeah, as a kid, I didn't get that. And I don't think I... I, I didn't understand the, like the rape situation as a child it's like oh he's just in there forcibly kissing her yeah it's, it's like you know, it's like that fucking dumb kid it's that scene where they're standing outside and and he's like uh and marty's talking to uh to his dad uh to crispin glover and he's like well you're gonna go over and you're gonna save her they're setting up the plan he's like well he's like, what do you mean he's like well that uh, he's like girls are uh, girls get mad at guys when they you know try to take advantage of them He's got the bra in his hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to touch it. Hey, our titties. <laughs> Interesting plot point. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, they, they, they do throw that one line in there where she kisses him, and she says something like, oh, it's like kissing my brother. I love his yeah. face. I love his reaction right there where yeah. he's just, like, scared out of his mind. Like, <laughs> See, I love her reaction where she's, like, she's getting what she wants, yeah. and she's, like, in bliss, and then it's just like, Oh shit! You know, it's just well, kind of something's like, really yeah. wrong here. Yeah, it's, it's a, there's a moment of like disgust in her face before it's like shock and just like, right. wow, that's weird. Well, he's yeah, not even when kissing she, her back. When she leans back, her eyes just she's got that look of this is bizarre, yeah, right? And yeah. he's got that just comical, oh fuck, this is going bad. 
I'm and not one hundred percent sure how they shot that, but that that close up's different from all those close ups in that sequence. Have you ever noticed that? What do you mean, dog? Yeah, yeah. Like all the other close ups are they're they're shot from. Uh, I love. Oh, them. you're right. Yeah, and for some reason that one is it's brought it's, down it's and low. it's tilted. Yeah, it's low. Yeah, I don't know. I, now, I love Marty's look when Biff I yanks the door open, but he thinks it's George, and he's like, "Oh man!" <laughs> <laughs> like I screwed up. <laughs> that is a good moment. They did say that when they were shooting the, um, they had three different DeLoreans, and when they were shooting yeah. the interiors, they would just cut the fucking car in half, like to like you know they would shoot everything they yeah. needed and they'd work their way in, and they just chop parts of the car off, and then to get the camera in there. Yeah, so I didn't, it makes I, me think that like for the shot you're talking about, you know, because it is kind of low and like through the door. Like, how are they getting that camera in there, that giant camera in there to get that shot of? Her? Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, like. I, well, I guess the the door, the DeLorean door goes. Well, no, no, this this wasn't in the DeLorean. This was in that like. Oh, uh, that's true. This was in that classic. They had took the door off. They that had to take. Car. They had to take the door off <laughs> yeah, that car did. to get that shot. They did. There's no way. <laughs> but yeah, you're you're right about the the DeLorean being chopped in half. Yeah, because they that's how they got those plate shots. I never fucking thought about that, ever once. Uh, like you know, just, I was like, oh, you just put the camera in the back seat. It's like, well, we're doing green screen plates. Oh damn! And, and the camera is the small of a, is the size of a small child. <laughs> <laughs> it's like man, never, never would have thought about that. Okay, yeah. right. but yeah, it, it is cool that they like rigged that thing up with all those lights and like physically, actually, somebody built that car, rigged up all those lights, put everything in there, got it all to work. They just don't do stuff like that in movies anymore. You know, it, I kind of that is something I miss about the '80s. You know, just that yeah. tangible. Let's put everything together, practical. Let's do this shit for real. Which is and why see it still happens. holds up is because it's real. Yeah. Like CG, I mean, even the, the and, and they just like accent with CG, which like with their little special effects, which makes it great. And it's, it really still does hold up. Yeah. Like when the DeLorean's going back in time. Right. Yeah. You're right. The lightning effects. Those fucking, tra- I always love the fucking fire, the tire track. Flaming. Oh yeah. Well, super cool, man. Dude, that is cool. But, um, I, 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 I guess the, the version I was watching the 30th anniversary, uh, DVD edition. And I guess they did some cleanup on it because when in the yeah. behind the scenes they showed some of that like uh, the the fire tracks and them standing on it and you could totally see the composite yeah. with them standing on it. So, but but in the version I watched, it's seamless. You can't tell. Yeah, so I guess they went back and cleaned it up. Yeah, if you get it on Blu-ray, they went back and cleaned up all those matte lines. Like even when um, like uh, Marty's starting to disappear when he's playing um that still stood out a little bit but yeah well yeah they cleaned up a lot of that dude like yeah. that mat line i remember when marty brings his hand up and it <laughs> it looks like he's got a weird glove on it's like, <laughs> it's like roger rabbit's fucking hand it's like what the hell is going on here christopher lloyd it's pops always, up he's got the glasses like on he's like, else's <laughs> hand. <laughs> it's like when you're watching looney tunes and you're like i know that object's gonna move because oh, it looks totally, different yeah it's layered on top yeah <laughs> it's animated different from everything else back there why is that? Why is that a slight shade darker? <laughs> well, Eric Stoltz shot, shot the first five weeks <laughs> as Marty McFly because that's um, so awkward. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, you imagine that? Like, all right, bro, come on in, have a seat. Um, we're gonna have to like let you go, and we're gonna bring in this guy that we really wanted to begin with, who had a like a you know a, a scheduling conflict. But you remember at the beginning we were trying to get Michael J. Fox, but he couldn't get off of Family Ties. Yeah. Well. He's going to work with us, so bye. He's getting on Family Ties, buddy. It, it's kind of like hooking up with a girl who broke up with her boyfriend, and go, and you're the rebound, but then she ends up going back to the boyfriend. You know, that feeling? 
Yeah, but imagine that, but like you were on the head of a major movie. <laughs> and then your career just doesn't do anything after that. And this movie is like a huge hit. No, he was in Pulp Fiction after this. <laughs> okay, he had one thing. He had The Fly too. He had one thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was in Killing Zoe. Uh, apparently, Eric, apparently, Eric's, yeah, in the Rules of Attraction, he's Bro. done some stuff. Okay, yeah, he's done. Yeah, some stuff. he had one thing. Um, <laughs> God damn, it's harsh. It's harsh, brother. It's harsh. But, uh, apparently, the cut there's there's like scenes yeah. that you can watch, and I haven't really seen them. Um, are they good? I haven't seen them. No, they're not. Um, you, you can see, like, he's just, you know, it's just something missing, and it's his charisma, man. It's you know his personality. It's not right. that he's a bad actor or doing anything different he's doing the same thing michael j fox is it's just it's eric stoltz doing right. it, not michael j fox well there, there's a lot of um like stuff that was still like uh the scene the, the first time we go into uh, we're in 1955 and we go into the uh the little like soda shop oh yeah the little diner the little diner most of the shots that marty isn't in were shots that were shot while eric stoltz was there and they went back in and did pickup shots of uh the stuff with marty to save time. Yeah. I think that's really interesting. There's so there's there's little things peppered throughout. And there's even like there's even some over the shoulder stuff that's Eric Stoltz that they're shooting in like they just kind of use the edge of it. And and they you know, they just it's it's interesting filmmaking. You know, just like to go into this like it's just, just like just like to fix holes. I mean, can you imagine being like uh, uh 3 weeks into a movie and replacing your fucking main actor? And then the actor that you get to replacing, he's working for 12 fucking hours on a TV show yeah. and then after that you get him for 6 to 8 hours at night? Yeah, I was wondering how how is he doing daytime stuff when he was shooting at night? Did it on the weekends. He had one day during the weekend and that's when they shot the day stuff. And if you think about it, there's really not that much day exterior stuff. No, there's not. And all that stuff in the skateboards uh, with Michael J. Fox, um, anytime you're not seeing his face, that's not him. In the back of his head, that's not Michael J. Fox. That's a different actor. And Robert Zemeckis would go out there because all that sh- stuff was on a back lot. Yeah. He'd go out there and shoot stuff during the day while they were editing. And he'd be like, okay, I want to get the, like the, there's a shot with the skateboard right. and the sparks. They went out there and just got that just because he was cutting that sequence and like, oh, let's get this shot. It'd be great. Yeah, I saw that, which is totally crazy that, that like, it's kind of like you're, you're, you're a kid in the candy store as you're editing. Cause we've all been there. You're editing something and you're like, fuck, we should have got this shot. Yeah. It'd be really cool if we had this. And he's like, let's go do it. The, the set's still right there. Well, if they didn't have Michael J. Fox, what the fuck are they going to do, dude? Like how many shots in the movie are without Michael J. Fox? About 43%. Do you think so? I don't know. It's probably in the 25 to 30%. I mean, dude. I mean, you get a lot of way with like some close-ups and some stuff in the back, but his face is in this movie a lot. I mean, he's a main star. He's in every scene. He's in every <laughs> fucking scene. <laughs> is he in every scene? No, not when uh, Biff gets his face punched out. That's just George and them. It's intercutting with him, right? No, but he, no, but yeah, he he, 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 he he shows up at the end of the scene, yeah, he and does. he watches. He's like, he's all right, Dad. <laughs> so yeah, I guess he's in a piece of every scene eventually. Marty McFly always gets a piece. <laughs> but I mean, that's just crazy, man. Like, oh, I can't believe that they. No wonder he's got the shakes now. He just yeah. could not deal with it. That's, that's running that man to death. Oof, that's too soon, bro. Is that too soon? <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Ooh. Actually, I, I think I think he's. I mean, like he's doing pretty well with that. You know, is he doing well with his Parkinson's? Yeah, man. Oh, really? Damn! I thought I saw something with him recently. That he sucks. said he's kind of come to understanding that his his foundation is to help 
future people. Yeah. And he, he knows he's not going to get it. Wow. That's crazy. It's kind of like Christopher Reeve. You know, he realized at a point, he's like, look, I'm not going to be able to, to solve it. Even though he he was actually able to wiggle his fingers and shit at the end. It's a shame, man. I've always liked Michael J. Fox. Yeah. His exact, his exact words was, it sucks. <laughs> Understatement yeah. of the century. Yeah. That, I mean, that's just, yeah. That's one of those things where your body just turns on you, man. You get a disease like that, it sucks. What are you going to do? Cure something. We'll... We'll put a link to the uh, Parkinson's uh, Foundation in the show notes. Maybe we can all like uh, donate five cents and feel better about ourselves. Five cents? <laughs> Whatever you can afford. <laughs> it's 15 between all I think you need, to do- you need to donate $19.55 to the... $19.55? Yeah. Wow. Why 19 Oh, I like that. Yeah. No, man. Look at you. <laughs> Damn, Jared. I like that. All right. Okay. Look at you yeah. thinking. All right, there you yeah. go. Hashtag nineteen fifty five. Yeah, so uh, go go to uh, Michael J. Fox's uh, foundation and donate nineteen dollars and fifty five cents in honor of Back to the Future. In honor of Back to the Future in the Movie Crew Podcast. <laughs> All right, guys. On that note, I think now it's time to take a break. Steven Spielberg presents Back to the Future, a Robert Zemeckis film. Marty leads an ordinary life. No McFly ever amounted to anything in the history of Hill Valley. Well, history is going to change. And 1985 is not his year. But Dr. Brown is about to change all that. Are you telling me that you built a time machine? What about DeLorean? He's sending Marty 30 years back in time. It works! It's a flying saucer from outer space! Now, he's trapped in the past. This has got to be a dream. About to meet... Chocolate. ...his future father. He's a peeping tough. Wow! And he's making an impression on his mother. He's an absolute dream. And he can sleep in my room. Ah. Any of you do could have serious repercussions on future events. Ah! Now, he's got to make his mother and father fall in love. For crying out loud, I haven't even been born yet. And only Dr. Brown... Can help him get back to the future. Are you telling me that this sucker is nuclear? Precisely. Michael J. Fox. Whoa, this is heavy. Christopher Lloyd. There's that word again, heavy. Why are things so heavy in the future? Is there a problem with the Earth's gravitational pull? Back to the future. All right, we're back. That was a trailer for Back to the Future. Yeah, it was the trailer. Yeah, it was. What'd you guys think of that awesome VO there? <laughs> Very nostalgic. Yeah. Marty was a guy who had ordinary problems <laughs> until that guitar pick showed up <laughs> and things got crazy. Very shiny guitar pick. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah, I miss the, those kind of trailers. I miss VO, man. We don't do that much in trailers any, anymore these days. Time to bring it back. Yes, sir. I love how this movie is shot. Yeah, oh. it's gorgeous. We didn't uh, we didn't bring up Mr. Dean Cundy. We've veteran talked, of the podcast, Dean Cundy. <laughs> we've talked about a million times. I feel like this year, but uh, man, this is a this is a, a spectacularly shot movie. I love uh, how just even the first scene and it, it sets like the tone for the movie the, the just the entire way. Like you get this one one shot right. We're yeah. seeing all the clocks right. We and then we see all of Doc Brown's uh, cool inventions that he's made. Everything's yeah. automated in the place, right? You see, you see his muses and a little story about his, you know, his family home. And then you, st- it just, 
lands right there on the door, and you see Marty walk in. Right. Everything is in close-ups. Well, you, you don't even see Marty's face. You're following. Then you follow his. Uh, you follow. Uh, well, actually, do you get the TV first where they talk about plutonium missing? Yeah, that's in the that's in the yeah the dolly and then, shot. And then um, the <clears throat> then Marty comes in and he he kicks his skateboard across the floor and it hits the box of plutonium under the bed, which is great. Visual storytelling still. Oh, dude, it is amazing. And then it's it's great seeing uh, Michael J. Fox come up, you know, out of the paper after being blown back from the speaker. Come up out of the stunt double? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That always bothered me that the papers are wrong. Oh, the yeah, stunt yeah. Double versus totally, him. When, 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 the, when they match cut, they punch in, it's like, it does not look the same. It's like way yeah. more shit. Yeah, this was all this, it's just extra fluffy papers yeah. and like folders on top of it. I think he's me. wearing different sunglasses than the guy that went in. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't notice and because when he comes up, like, and his hair is all perfect, <laughs> he, like, he like emerges from the papers. <clears throat> this is one of the most campy scenes in the movie. Like, it, it, the, like it's a little ridiculous. That, that speaker. <laughs> Well, I, this you know, hundred inch speaker. <laughs> you need to, you need shorthand just to develop to make this relationship make sense, right? You know, it's like we need something it, to it, clue us in a little bit. Like he, it, Doc Brown's making devices that Marty can use, and he's also making things that are ridiculous. Yeah, you know, that like, are fun like, that yeah. a teenager would like. You yeah, know? so like you know, he's got a little arm that that dumps you know at his dog food every day, and he has a hundred inch you know guitar amp speaker. Wouldn't you? <laughs> and where does Doc Brown get all this money to make all these things? I don't know. He's got that family fortune. He's got that family fortune, yeah. Burn his mansion. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess he's still got a little bit of the money, though. Insurance policy. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> Maybe he burned it down on purpose. He's <laughs> like, oh, I gotta pay. Keep this. Keep the flux capacitor dream alive. He does have high connections with you know bad people, so he does, he can't he can't get things done. The Libyans. The Libyans. It's the Libyans. <laughs> <laughs> Only in the eighties would you make a, a joke about like stealing the, <laughs> from the Libyans. <laughs> yes, and I, I love how they're driving around in a Volkswagen van with a, with the sunroof and the dude just like shooting out the top of it. It's with a bazooka. So, <laughs> it just looks so ridiculous, like in in a mall parking lot. You know, I see that all the time. Pines <laughs> Mall, man. Yeah. Goodbye, Dad. Well, actually, at the end of the, it's single pine mall at the end. Isn't Lone it? pine. Lone pine. Yeah, at the very end. Yeah. Well, because because well, they, they took they, out the one of the. Well, they well, they, right. they, they <laughs> set up that uh, the uh, old man Jefferson or whatever, like you know, came down was trying to like you know, uh, clone pine trees. No, 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 yeah, breed, pines. Breed pine. breeding, breeding pine trees, you know, and like and when he runs over, he's like, oh no, you ran over my pine. <laughs> <laughs> That's so badass. Oh man! But I just I like even even the scenes um like when uh the Dorian disappears for the first time and it and it goes back in time. There's that minute where we're waiting for the car to reappear. Right. We don't know that yet. That whole shot, man. That that is all played in in one shot. What shot is it again? Uh, it's 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 right when the car disappears and it's this they have this huge long dialogue and um uh, Doc Brown's explaining to Marty that like he. What he did, he sent him into the future, and he's going to come back. It's the shot where Marty's kind of standing there trying to get his grips, two shot. grips on stuff, and Doc's yeah. kind of walking back and forth. <clears throat> right. And they're just racking back and, and forth between these two guys. And then it ends when the clock beeps, and he grabs Marty to get out of the way. Uh, yeah, and there's even, a, like, the Strickland, when Strickland catches Marty in the hall. Right. That is just one shot. It's just one dolly shot. It starts as a two-shot. And then by the end of the scene, when Strickland's getting really in, in Marty's face, like, no no McFly's ever going to amount to anything in fucking this he, town. Really. Yeah. 
and it, that ends on on this really close up two shot. Right. And it's just so fluid, man. You know, I, no- I noticed something in that shot. Um, the uh, spirit gum that they're putting on the the neck and and like around the eyes. Yeah. Of him and even Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, you can uh, see like it you really see it. Like, and I'd never noticed it before, but you totally see the the subtle aging of them in the eighty in eighty five. So where when they go back to nineteen fifty five, they're their normal selves, and they don't have those you know fake wrinkles. I think that's that's something that you really get on the Blu-ray. Yeah, VHS. <laughs> man, I I saw I, them. I was watching the thirtieth anniversary, anniversary DVD, and I could see it. Yeah, you can see it. Yeah, yeah. I think that really helps from <laughs> a little bit of pride. Like I'm telling you, on VHS, I never saw that. I never, I never once got that. No, I'd, I'd never seen it before. Yeah, it is a cool little feature they put in. Who do you think looks best in the uh, in the um, makeup in '85? I I really like Leah Thompson. I think I was, she really looks probably great. yeah, that's where I was going to probably go. I was thinking she looked a little puffy. Oh, I like the weight. I think I thought the weight looked yeah. It's it's kind of comical. Well, and, and I think what sells it is like. You look so thin. Like, you know. Uh, <laughs> well, thank you, Marty. Uh, you know. <laughs> that is. Well, it's also good, too, when he goes back and it's like, oh, it's the Dream 85, you know, at the end, too. And she's a little thinner. And, but yeah. she's still got the old the old look going on with the gray hair. Yeah, yeah. She's been and, taking and, and care of And their fancy, like, country club clothes. <laughs> like, like we, we've been, we've been, we've been, uh, we've been brunching with the Johnsons. You know, just off the golf course. Yeah. Yes, we read the New Yorker yesterday. <laughs> and then the the first time you see her, her hair is all like kind of dark, like she's dying it. Yeah. But then later, she's like, "Oh, it's cool, whatever." Has a little bit of a drinking problem, maybe. Who doesn't? Am I right, <laughs> Uncle Gerald Bird, Joey? It's not a problem, Jared. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a problem if you if you if you're functioning. If you're enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I love that, you know, jailbird Joey, and he's got the bird flying out of the jail. Yeah. And then when he goes back, you know, he's like, uh, the, the, like Uncle Joey's in the crib. He's like, he cries every time we take him out of there, so we just leave him in there all the time. Like, <laughs> better get used to these bars, kid. I love that. It's, that's dude, just... the fucking PJs. I don't know why that visual joke cracks me up, what but was it the, does. What were the PJs? They're fucking goddamn uh, white and black striped PJs. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> that's so badass. It's like, uh, you know, maybe that's too much but it's funny no man fuck it it just shows you so when, when you when you hear him talk about like writing the writing the script you said you know we would we do revisions for six months you know it's because yeah they, they were like coming up with like all of this shit you know yeah how to tie every little bitty thing in they said that they, they they're really big on if you see something it's going to pay off later and that's that's just it's just good writing yeah well bob gale was seeing the original uh Time travel device was it, it wasn't a car. It was a, actually a chamber. It was a chamber, yeah. And then one of the guys, it was one like of the, a refrigerator. One or of something? the producers said it was a fucking refrigerator. Is this where Indiana Jones four? Uh, <laughs> is that where they got that idea from? And then you know, I was I wasn't able to confirm it one hundred percent, but I did find a couple of news articles that they were mentioning that. Really? That yeah. what happened? Uh, that uh, he wrote that in with the first Indiana Jones or something uh, like like. Uh, I remember that what, what movie that's from, but um, what's his name? Who wrote it? George Lucas wrote that refrigerator scene from uh, Indy Four was in a previous script of an, an earlier movie, and they didn't get a chance to shoot it. And it's something that had been lying around forever. Really? And they, so they put that scene in there as a saying, "Look, we we need to use this scene that we've had lying around." And I can't remember what it is. Maybe the, the first Indy they were going to try to do something like that with. 
or it was some other movie, but they, they were holding that back. Oh, it couldn't have been the first indie because the atomic bomb wasn't invented yet. I'm just saying. I don't remember which film it is. <laughs> yeah, well, it couldn't have been, yeah, it couldn't have been any of the other Indiana Jones movies. Yeah, because they were based in the 30s. Yeah. I'll find it and get back with you. Now, I know the the track scene from Temple of Doom was right. originally written into Raiders of the Lost Ark somewhere, and they it didn't fit with the script, so they moved it and used it in Temple of Doom. It's crazy how they like repurposed all that stuff. Well, it was probably just like brainstorming. Oh, let's have him on a track, and let's have a bomb go off. Oh yeah, well, like Spielberg comes up with that stuff, and he's like, "Well, put it in the idea vault, guys. We're gonna use it later. Don't worry." <laughs> yeah, write it down. You know. Yeah. Move on. We'll, we'll come back. I'm sure we'll do a sequel or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like even the like Jurassic Park stuff. Like they got around. Even those far fetched ideas were like, "Oh yeah, they're gonna use." Uh, the um, dinosaurs for the military. They got around to using that in one of the Jurassic World movies. <laughs> you know, it's like eventually they, they do get around all that stuff. The franchise sticks around long enough. Why did they decide? Do you know why they decided to go with a car? Zemeckis just said he thought it was, should should be a car. It should be mobile. It made sense. And when, once they came up with the idea, it just stuck. I, I can't remember. He said he wanted the DeLorean. And I can't remember exactly why he said he wanted the DeLorean. Something, something about the shape, and it looked kind of futuristic. Yeah, I remember somebody talking about the door, the way the door opened up, kind of had that like futuristic yeah. alien look to it. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, that was Dean Cundy. I think it was on the behind the scenes saying that. I thought the best part though of that was like Spielberg when they were talking about the idea of like, oh yeah, well, we we need something, some something outside a refrigerator. That's not good enough. And Spielberg's on the behind the scenes like, yeah, you know. Bob and uh, Robert, they they were they were just kind of batting ideas around the room, and I got bored and left. <laughs> and then they came up with this great idea with the car and wrote all this stuff. <laughs> I just see Spielberg like just sitting here, like, "All right, guys, okay, well, it's it's been thirty minutes, and you guys haven't come up with it. I'm gonna go open a sandwich. <laughs> I got other movies to make. <laughs> Hit me when you got a good idea." <laughs> it was kind of fun. I could totally see him doing that. I'm going to give up on searching for the, about the uh, <clears throat> about the uh, refrigerator, but actually, it was Spielberg's idea. That's it was as far as I've gotten. What it, it was? What Spielberg's idea for, for the refrigerator in Indy Four? In Indy Four. Oh, okay. Yeah, but was it the refrigerator from this? Probably not, because they were going to do something. Because the original ending of this movie, they were going to like. Uh... Originally, go to like some tests, some nuclear test site or something, and that's how they were going yeah, po- to power crazy, the yeah, they, car they, they, to go yeah, back in time. They, they were going to go to, they were going to harness the power of of a uh, of an atom bomb, you know, capture the probably capture the mushroom cloud in some kind of you know temporal field and force it into the flux capacitor. Oh man, it just sounds like a terrible idea. Yeah, I I, I love I love you know the knowing that because like you know and even the the film was in production. With that thought in mind, but they were like, eh, "It's not going to happen," you know. Let's come up with something else, which which totally gives you the you know the scene I, that which one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when he builds the little like map of, of the town. And he's, he's apologizing for not yeah, he, not he, being he, able to paint it. And build he, it he's scale. like, "Sorry, sorry, it's not as detailed and painted scale. It, sorry, it's, it's like so badass, you know." And you're like, "What the fuck?" Marty's Anyways, like, "It's fun." <clears throat> I was I was thinking like you know if that if that original idea wasn't to have the lightning. So did the clock tower originally get struck by lightning? 
And when they talked about how they how they had to build the clock tower on top of the of the of that existing back lot, yep. it makes me wonder if all that like save the clock tower shit was in the original script. And also, we would have never gotten that scene where he explains the whole like you know the the plan. But with imagine the cars. how badass the plan would have been to see the little model of a nuclear bomb. <laughs> oh, he actually off. sets off a bomb inside the a tiny bomb inside the. Okay, so that could have been cool. But Some I, I, I love the explodes on the model. I love the the little car and all that. It's, oh it's yeah, great. that's that's classic. Well, dude's visually showing you What's what the plan yeah. is instead of him just explaining it. Yeah, it's great. It's it's just good storytelling. God, man, they're they're just really good. <laughs> yeah, like even my kids were very they were able to follow the plot. Oh, totally. You know, it very easily. And it doesn't come off as pandering or spoon feeding. It's just it's just no. a great plot device. Yeah, because they're delving so much information out. Like they're they're playing jokes in there. They're giving you information and they're giving you character stuff too. Yeah, it's it's all happening. In a scene, it's like like we said, it's a smart written script. They did a good job. Bob Gale and uh, Robert Zemeckis. Robert Zemeckis doesn't write anymore that much. I saw he he uh, wrote The Walk. When you get it right, you get it right, and you're done. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm I'm good. I'm just gonna do directing now. You yeah, know? I mean, I'm, fuck, I don't have to write anything anymore. I did it all right. <laughs> if, if you see if you see the uh, behind the scenes right, stuff, yeah. he was like, that shit was hard. Yeah, he's like he's like that. It, it was hard. He he just says it. It's super hard to do this movie. Well, just imagine, like, doing one change in this script. Yeah. Like, how that could just fuck everything up later on. Well, it's kind of a metaphor for, like, you know, going back in time. You know, you could fuck everything up with just one little change. Butterfly effect is shit. (laughs) (laughs) Makes you wonder how how many times they went back and reshot the beginning of the movie. Or if they started filming without the clock tower idea, then they would have to go oh, back and reshoot yeah. the oh, clock God. tower scene to make sure he's got the paper in his pocket. Oh, and then you got Eric Stoltz on top of that. Like, I bet there's a good chance they shot the beginning of this movie like four times. They they, they did shoot this movie. I did notice that they were in production for quite a long time. But they edited it in less than three months, the, the two and a half months. Well, they were cutting it. Yeah, but like that, from, from the time it. that it wrapped, it was two. Is like two months and you know a little over two months, and they were in theaters. And they had two editors. <laughs> That's fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, those that is poor guys crazy in the eighties. Man, I bet they had a lot of footage. But like you know, like being able to again, like the back lot, and just being able to review your footage and then go out there and just shoot it. Yeah, you're just oh, right yeah. there. That that does make a difference. I bet you that was nice, especially because you know they were there and they're like, cool, we get to completely make this whatever we want. You know, it was like the major overhaul of the back lot and i haven't yeah. been there i'd like to go see it and see if it's still a lot of it's still there not, not the last time i went really is it gone yeah which which lot was this shot on uh it's uh universal's lot it used to be on their tour i don't know if it still is they changed stuff so much it's now. all spider-man now i was on the sony lot when they were building the spider-man 3 set Ooh, because they have the uh they have the psycho house out there as well yeah that's kind of cool where did that burn Oh. I think that may have burned a year or so ago. Damn. Or part of it. Did it? Yeah, and there wildfires. Think, yeah, and I we also you're... just lost the uh, Paramount, like, uh, Western uh, I town. know, bro. I saw that. Yeah. Dude, that sucks. Man. Fucking everybody's losing their houses, and we're fucking losing film history. I mean, you know, God fuck damn. building a wall around uh, in fucking Mexico. We need to build a wall around Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right? Water buckets. Yeah. <laughs> fucking trench this like, we, bitch. We, <laughs> we need 24-hour surveillance. That's a wall I can get behind. Oh, man. Damn. Damn. <laughs> We're getting real here, guys. Oof, heavy. Oh, Halloween 2, we uh, we oh, had... 
We had Mr. Sandman that was playing. Yeah. This movie also uses a rendition of Mr. Sandman as well when uh, Marty first comes into the town. Oh, and yeah. it's great. Yeah. yeah. Dude, And it's I not like scary that. at all, and it sets the tone really well. It does. But it could also be scary. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it works in a nice like little magical... Yeah fantasy fucked up reality. but no it's it totally like sets the like oh happy go lucky everything's great tone, well, that you score know? hit when he pulls the paper out of the garbage can and looks at the date no oh, yeah the score in this movie is amazing oh god man and you know i i yes. I, I would have bet that it was john williams just because of how like quintessential that he is and and you know but it's totally not alan silvestri yeah and it's phenomenal like theme thematic work y'all watched so y'all watched cool. all the making of them right, right? not all of them yeah, most of them did you see the one on the music? Yeah. Am I mistaken? Or originally they were going to go with a different type of score, and he was like, "No, you got to go big orchestral on this." Yeah. Alan Silvestri had worked with uh, Robert Zemeckis on *Romancing the Stone*, mm-hmm. and Spielberg didn't like the score for that movie. So Zemeckis was like, "Look, dude, just go big or go home. <laughs> just go really, really fucking big on this." And yeah, apparently yeah, it worked. Apparently, I, I did see one thing where he said that. Uh, he had free reign that they didn't really even. It was when they were going in to like tape the tape the score. That's the first time like Zemeckis had ever heard it. That's crazy. Like he was just like, "You got it." And it was I, like, I wonder if he was like crying. No, he, he, he said he was, he was completely blown away. <laughs> like he was like, "Wow, this is really." He's like, "This this 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 movie is really told with the music," and he wasn't even thinking of it that way. It's crazy how music can really elevate something. Yeah, and it's also like it. You hear you hear these like little themes and things, and it makes you think of certain scenes. Like it just pulls you right back into the movie. This this is like one of the most perfect scores I I can ever think of. It's it's seriously it's amazing. Yeah, it's one of the best uh, '80s scores, hands down. Like I feel it. Like and yeah. I, I don't I don't know if it's just because I'm, I I've watched this movie so many times as a kid that it's just kind of like ingrained into me. But when I hear like the that little. Um, I can't, even, I can't, I can't do it. But you know, it's like I know it's what like, you're talking about. Yeah, when you hear, I, just, I get the chills sometimes. You know, it's like it's like it just throws you right back into the scene. The chimes. Yeah, it's just so it's so fucking. And then and then the um, Doc Brown's theme, like it just I I can't describe it, but it's great. You should you already know if you're listening to this fucking podcast, you know. <laughs> Because it's playing under this shit while and we're you're talking. thinking about it. <laughs> That's and like, right. Even, and it's earworming into your brain. Well, even now, like now that I've seen part two, watching this one, when the the camera's coming down on Doc, Marty's just gone back to 85. You got the fire tracks on the street. Oh, and Doc's like, yeah! And, it's, and he's, he's coming excited. down. And you know that <laughs> he in just part... He so happy about himself. <laughs> at the end of part two, Marty comes running from around the corner. Oh, that's right. And the music does that shift. He goes, check yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. watching it last night, <laughs> I even was time. like, I kept, I kept waiting on that musical cue. <laughs> oh, you're right. I had the same thought. Yeah, when I was watching it, I was like, oh man, yeah, because you, you're totally expecting, and he's like, Doc, because that is a, cla- I mean, that's a classic moment in that sequel. When, oh God, it's amazing because it looks just like this scene, and then he comes running around the corner. It's like, and Doc just faints. Yeah. Yeah, man. Oh, dude, that little fanfare is like it just like because yeah. they talk about it in, in one of the documentaries that like when at the end 
uh, at the end of the movie when they like fly out the screen oh. and they had that big fanfare pops up, you know, and they said this is uproar. Everyone stands up. Oh, is that back in time? Yeah. Okay. Anyways, I have that feeling like with that like just like just get excited. Like it's just this movie is fucking excited. It's fun. The whole movie's fun. It is. And Leah Thompson's fine. She is. Oh man. Howard the Duck, bro. Fuck a duck. <laughs> Damn, you beat me to it. I do. I do like how it ends, though. Like that, the whole clock tower uh, section of the movie. Like how that builds. Man, it's constantly. It's, it's, it's intense and like. But it, it's still fun, though. It's it's like that. Well, we don't make movies like this anymore, where it's 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 kid fun. You know what I mean? And it's fun for adults. Like you, you're keeping suspense, but it's still like lighthearted suspense. Well, and just everything. You know what I mean? Goes wrong. Yeah, yeah. Like the cable breaks, and then the cable won't it, reach. It, the it, car won't start. Oh, oh! <laughs> you have a clock. Like, it's so amazing. Oh yeah, the clock. It's like I mean, it's the any, ultimate like you any know countdown. Time you have a countdown. Yeah, and shit's going wrong. You're you're there with yeah. the characters. You got the exposition clock up there pushing it. He's just like pushing it. Oh, we're running out of time. We're running out of time. Yep. And the, the cable keeps going back and forth. The car is stalling. But I, I love I love how Marty's actually running a little bit late, and he's like he's like you're late, Marty. And he's like, what? Do you expect? I had to like stop and change. What do you expect? <laughs> he's not going back in the zoot suit. Yeah. He's like, what, what the about? fuck, man? He, he totally could have. <laughs> I got a time machine. I got all the time in the world. <laughs> Oh, I, do, I do like that. He's like, he's like, wait, what the fuck am I talking about? I got a time machine. It's like ten minutes. I'll roll it back ten minutes. Should have gone back like thirty minutes. Oh, dude, I always here. Here's the deal, guys. If you're in a time machine, pad it a little bit. Put you some handles on either side of what's happening. Yeah, go, go back like six hours early. Because anytime I try to leave ten minutes early, you know what I'm talking about. I just can't. I can't. T- ten minutes is not a lot. <laughs> I mean, ask my ex girlfriend. It's not. It's not. <laughs> oh. Uh. It was good enough for me though. <laughs> Start at the same time You should finish at the same time I agree I agree Just because I can read faster than you Doesn't mean that You know <laughs> That's something wrong with me Oh my god Jerry oh. It's oh okay She god. doesn't listen <laughs> I'm gonna get a text oh. I do listen motherfucker <laughs> I do like George uh, George Buck Flowers uh, Plays the drunk guy That's a Who's George Buck Flowers He's he's the drunk guy on he's a he's a character actor he's a bunch of John Carpenter's flicks he's in They Live um oh man he, he's just on a bunch he's a bunch of like Village of the Damned uh, right. we did he's just a really great uh, actor he always eh, I don't want to say always but nine times out of ten is usually playing a drunk <laughs> <laughs> he's probably really drunk it's this no uh, he's 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 a good character actor but I, I like his little cameo as as the mayor the because isn't that isn't his char- character that's passed out on the the um, the bench? Isn't his character in the fifties running for mayor? I think so. That's what I thought. Yeah. And then he's he's currently a bum downtown sleeping on a bench. <laughs> I thought that was a joke, but I wasn't one hundred percent sure. That's cool. I also love how like Marty like through he he kind of Forrest Gump's things. You know, like I guess I guess you should say that. Forrest Gump kind of Marty McFly's things throughout his life, because he like invents a skateboard, and yeah. he like like kind of brings rock and roll to the world, and he uh, and he he, he, he he tells uh, Mayor Goldie he's like you know he's like oh yeah, that's right you're gonna be mayor he's like oh mayor yeah that sounds pretty mayor. damn good yeah he, he he sets up his he sets up his parents he he even names himself 
You know, like Marty. That's true. He gets like, himself out of trouble from catching the. Well, he was already named that before he went back in time. So. Uh, you know, uh, you know. I don't know, man. I do like that this movie answers the time travel question of like it. Time is not predetermined in this movie. You can't change. Right. You can't change the future. Miss no fate but what you make. That's right. Little Terminator. Remember, it all comes back to Terminator. Well, wait a minute. Uh, some of those movies actually will say the the future is set in stone. You can't change it. Sarah Connor. No fate but what you make. I'm just saying. I'm just. I, I'm just quoting the Bible here. I'm just saying. Part three. <laughs> The world still ended, you know? We, we don't talk about three. <laughs> okay, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. But we'll talk about three at some point, I'm sure. Do you think so? Yeah. We'll, we'll, there'll be a point where we're like, all right, we're going to do all the Terminator movies. You think we're going to do all the... Ter- well, we've already done... What we do? We did Genesis already. Did you? Yeah, we did that. Not with me, so... Get to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one and two. Like the Terminator movies. <laughs> And then we're going to do every episode of the Sarah, Con- Sarah Connor Chronicles as a spinoff. I never got into that. I only watched two episodes. Though, well, no, sure. we'll just do an hour on every episode. <laughs> How long oh are the episodes? <laughs> I think they're about an hour. <laughs> yeah, say we'll, we'll like just talk through them as we watch them. Like, oh, you know, not like a, it's like a loose commentary. And what just happened? <laughs> I don't know. Rewind that. <laughs> Wake him up. <laughs> Wake him up. <laughs> Brian's like snoring. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> the, movie, uh, the show's over. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Teen Hundred. My favorite model. What, what happened? I know that's right. Was there a Back to the Future cartoon? Yeah, there was. Okay, yeah, that just was. like popped in my head. I'd forgotten all about it. It's that. called Rick and Morty. Yeah, no, there was an actual back to future. It was not very good, though. Yeah, I remember. Like Doc was like wearing those like silver glasses, like he is at the end of it. A lot. Yeah, I think yeah. it came out like kind of like it was, it was like round two and three were out when seemed, they were promoting. Yeah, it seemed those. like it was right right around when, when they were two making was cartoons out of everything at that time. Yeah, that was it was like I, when Rambo was a cartoon. There was a Bill and Ted cartoon. Oh, there was. Oh my god, dude, fucking! I blacked out on that one. On which one? Oof. Bill Rambo. and Ted or Rambo? Rambo. No, I remember Bill and Ted. Oh, you don't remember the cartoon Rambo tying on his <sighs> What was uh, his did, did Stallone do the voice? He's like, I Fuck no. <laughs> no. <laughs> but it was funny that like anytime Rambo went into battle, he didn't have a shirt on. He's all oiled up. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow. He's all glistening. You know, the number the number one movie of nineteen eighty five was Back yeah. to the Future, but you know what number two was? Rambo. Rambo first blood part two. You know what number three was? Rambo. Rocky Four. What? Really? He had, yeah. he had two in the top three? Yeah, of the year. Man. And Michael J. Fox, the, what was it? He won an Emmy that year. For, oh, Teen Wolf. Out was, yeah. that same year. Yeah. What a, what a he, cool movie. Dude, for four weeks. Like van surfing? Yeah, oh uh, yeah, four weeks. He had Back to the Future was number one, and Teen Wolf was number two for four weeks. That's crazy. Executive, really? yep. He made a bunch of money that year. Woo, buddy. But you know what was crazy, though? I went back and looked at it. All right, so... <laughs> the eighth week of Back to the Future's release, that's when Teen Wolf came out. First what? weekend, it, wow. ca- it came out and, and debuted at number two, right? So, Teen Wolf's second weekend, Back to the Future's ninth weekend, Back to the Future actually went up, like, its ticket sales went up 30%. From because of Teen Wolf. Because of Teen Wolf. I think because of t- people saw Teen Wolf and they were like... This is not Michael J. Fox we want. We need to go back and see that other time travel because <laughs> we like that Michael J. Fox. Yeah, it went from uh, 6.9 the previous weekend to 9 million the second weekend of Teen Wolf 2. They, they, they ran movies a long-ass time back then. That's badass. Yeah. I love that. 
We had 12, 12 weeks at number one. Not consecutive. I think uh, it's fourth week uh, European vacation kicked it out. Man, a bunch of houses were bought off that movie, weren't they? <laughs> yeah, they're like, let it ride. <laughs> I actually like Team Wolf. I like Team Wolf as well. I like Team Wolf too. The one with Jason Bateman? <laughs> is that right? Yeah. Oh. I, what I was saying is I like Team Wolf as well. But like, you know. <laughs> what? That's confusing. <laughs> I knew you were going there, but I was, tr- I was actually trying to remember Team Wolf too. Yeah, it's, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's not the first one, but it's not bad. I have to. I'd have to go back and rewatch both those movies, guys. It's right, been... it sounds like we need a Teen Wolf episode. Yeah. Oh, Teen Wolf's actually a lot of fun. Yeah, Teen Wolf is good. The first one. It's ridiculous. I saw it when I was a kid, and I, you know, I was I was into werewolves, like for real. And when I saw that movie, I was like, "Fucking Michael J. Fox and fucking werewolves is gonna be awesome." And I'm thinking, like, you know, maybe like Back to the Future meets The Howling. No, no, it's like that's not what I got at no. all. It's, it's like, like this hairy dude hanging out in high school. It's like yeah. my best friend's a vampire like comedy version. I guess it is. Yeah, yeah, it's, maybe it's, it's in of, there. That was know, more it's, horrific. It's, it's about him. At least they had David Warner. <laughs> <laughs> it's about him learning how to play basketball. And he's a damn good and everybody accepting him as a as a creature. And then him accepting himself yeah. as himself. Yeah, because he's like, I don't want to be a goddamn dog like you, Dad. And, you know, he's got, <laughs> while he's the werewolf, he can have the hot blonde. But if he's not the werewolf, then he can have the hot brunette. Damn. It's hard, it's hard, hard for Michael J. Fox. It's hard to be yeah. Michael J. Fox. Damn. <laughs> Fucking first world problems right there. Right. <sighs> what do I take, the hot blonde or the hot brunette? But he does <sighs> look good choices. in shades. In that yellow outfit. <laughs> that transformation scene in the bathroom oh, is yeah. hilarious. Yeah, no, it's good, man. Oh, yeah, I remember watching that when we did the, uh, the werewolf episode. That is hilarious when he's like, his, dad, his dad's like, I promise, son, you can talk to me about anything. Because I don't think so, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Not this time. Yeah, we watched that scene in, uh, what was the other scene? Uh, the, the, the keg scene. Does he do a keg stand? Well, no. He, he goes and he, he buys a, a keg at a grocery store. and He, he, he goes to try to buy a keg, and the guy goes, I need to see some ID. And, and his eyes glow. Up, and he does yeah. the, like, I need you to sell me a keg. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> for some reason, that Just equals getting an ID. Yeah, well, he's getting shit like, out of All right, yeah. You can have the keg, you little red-eyed bastard. <laughs> yeah, dude. You take whatever you want. I don't want to be eaten. Demon. And it, isn't his friend's name Styles? Yeah, yeah, and then like this, he has the Styles van or whatever, mm-hmm. and then he, he they like surf on the top of it, and then they go to the party, and Boof arranges it so that he can go into the closet with her, but then he starts turning into a werewolf, and she comes out with her back <laughs> all like ripped up, and oh, that's like, right, holy shit, whatever his name is, not Marty, Marty. <laughs> <laughs> it should be just Marty, he should just be Marty, just Marty all the time. You know, they they made a a, a like a, a tween. TV series at a Teen Wolf, and I tried to watch it, and it was terrible. Oh yeah, the it was uh, like the twelve year olds. My uh, my oh, daughter really? was it for twelve years old. Yeah, I thought it was, it was like bad. MTV, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, but I'm saying it, it felt teeny, but they had like sex stuff in it a little bit. But like it was just like uh, Styles was really styling. I mean, they tried to go like horrific with the werewolf on that, right? Mm-hmm. I remember seeing like some scene in a bus or something. It's yeah, not, it's, it, it's like, kind of like Vampire Diaries meets Teen Wolf. It's not like fun, like watching. The wolf played basketball. <laughs> I mean, it was fun. On. It was fun in the it was fun in the uh, the eighties one because he's like doing flips around. He was like flipping around, like flipping and doing like slam dunks and shit. Right, right? it was awesome. Yeah, 
And then the rest of the team was getting mad because they were winning. Yeah, it's a badass like '80s music. I need to rewatch this movie. Gentlemen. Yeah, you do. Yeah. 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 That's all, that's all I have to say here. The last 20 minutes brought to you by Teen Wolf. Michael <laughs> J. Fox, which makes it relevant. Man, it's, don't know, it's totally relevant. They came out the exact same year. Yeah. And they were Even number one shot. and number two at one point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, though he shot Teen Wolf before Back to the Future. Though. Well, you know. While Family Ties was still one of the number one TV shows. That's true. He had a good year that year. I loved Family Ties growing up. Like, that was one of my favorite shows. Oh, really? Yeah. No. I was, I was more into Alf at that time period, I believe. Growing up, I used to have an argument with a buddy of mine that he would say that Michael J. Fox was in ALF, and I said, no, he was what? in Family Ties. Yeah. Some ugly little kid with blonde hair was in ALF. <laughs> right? Right. You know, they're bringing ALF <laughs> I back. Don't, I, yeah, I don't remember the, the actor that We're was in ALF. We're getting an ALF reboot. Really? Yeah. I thought we already... Didn't, didn't we already get one? I think he did something, but I think now they're trying to bring back an actual show. Oh, okay. I knew they'd made that movie trying to explain, like, what happened to him. Why he loves to eat cats. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna eat a cat. Hey Willie, <laughs> I'm gonna eat your cat. <laughs> this shit was funny back in the day. I don't know why. Uh, uh, the scene where he does the uh, rock and roll from Risky Business. I like that old time oh, rock and roll. Yeah, that yeah. is hilarious. Risky Business. I haven't seen that in a while either. Man, do you guys, I need to catch up on some uh, rewatch some '80s movies here. Yeah, I'll watch Teen Wolf with you, and I want to see Wolfen. 1981. I thought you uh, you watched Wolfen. No, I sent you the trailer and I said, "Have you guys seen this?" Yeah, I thought you said you were going to watch it. Said, you were watching it now. No, I was going to watch it. I hadn't no. had a chance to see it yet, but yeah, it looks I saw crazy. Wolfen and American Werewolf in London, both of them same night for the first time when I was like four or five years old. <laughs> Holy shit, that was a good it night. Scared the shit out of me. Yeah, oh dude, 81 was the best year for werewolves because you had both of those films and The Howling. That was one oh, year. Oh, wow. It was one of the, like, my mom left yeah. me alone with my dad. <laughs> and my we'd, we'd gotten HBO, and it was like, they were both coming on back to back, and he was like, hey, you want to watch these movies? And she had told him, do not let him watch the werewolf movies. And, of course, he let you watch the werewolf movies. Right. <laughs> Which created the man that we see before us today. Probably. <laughs> Vincent barks at the moon. Yeah, he does. It's kind of cute. Uh, you know, I will say, seeing this movie, uh, Back to the Future, as a kid, Christopher Lloyd, when Marty McFly comes back and sees him die again at the end, that did actually surprise me when he kind of stands up. He, you know, he, he gets shot the second time. He kind of nonchalantly sits up. Yeah, and he sits it's back little, up yeah, as a, a kid. Scary, yeah. That one got me. That Hollywood, you pulled you pulled it over. You pulled the wool over my yeah, ass. Yeah, that's good. One. Yeah, I, I did not expect that. I, maybe it's because I was young and I was stupid and didn't, you know, have everything uh, figured out and didn't watch enough movies yet. You got Marty, too. Yeah, I thought it was good, though. I, I love how he do doesn't some... speak, either. He just, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, he, he just kind of sits up. Yeah, it's... He just unzips his shirt, and then he said, how did you? And he pulls the note out. I figured, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> because every motherfucker in the world would do that. You damn right. Yeah, You'd be like, what if he gave me the winning lottery numbers, man? Uh, what's in that note? Oh, I do like they make the uh, the call back in this film uh, about you go back in time and, and bet on uh, who won they the World do. Series. Yeah, yeah. They uh, they use that later in, in the, the farmers' almanac. Yeah. yeah, they said they they. I don't I don't know if they had all this stuff planned out, but it kind of No, they didn't. I've seen didn't. an interview with Zemeckis talking about the sequels and cuz you know originally it didn't have the to be continued on it. That, oh, that's true. Yeah. That that got put on on VHS. Yeah. And he said they had 
no idea where they were going with it. That's what took so long. And they even leave it open-ended. Like, this is just how movies end today. Yeah. You know, we're, we're totally okay. Like, oh, our main story ended. We'll set up the sequel right now. We're totally fine with that. But in the 80s, this was, was kind so of so frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> it was five Your kids, Marty! <laughs> it's about your kids! He's like, oh, fuck. I guess we're having kids. <laughs> we're complaining nice. about three years for Star Wars movies. Five years, man. She's looking at him like, I was about to break up with you. <laughs> It's not my kids. It's so bad they changed her. It took five years. They had to get rid of her, right? No. Is that her, it's not her that they changed? No, it's uh, yeah, Crispin Glover. No, she's different. Yeah, it's a different girl. It's a different girl. Yep. Oh, you're right. Jennifer's different. It's, um, it's, it's, uh, who's the actress from Leaving Las Vegas? It's uh, Elizabeth Shue. Yeah, it's Elizabeth yeah. Shue. That's yeah. who it is. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're yeah. right. I totally so, forgot yeah, about so that. So yeah, so she she couldn't deal with it. She's like, I'm having kids. Nope. You you you're gonna replace me with someone else. You're right. You're right. I forgot. I remember being really weirded out as a kid, like watching part two and being like, that's not the same. Yeah, spe- yeah. Especially if you watch them back to back, you really get it. Like they're doing the same stuff, but that's yeah, I haven't not- watched. I haven't watched two or three yet. You're right. You're right. You haven't seen them yet. No, I haven't like rewatched him for this viewing okay. recently. Okay, good. Yes, you scared me for them. a moment. I've seen all these movies. You're so like, much. I love this movie. It's the best thing in the world, but I'm not watching the other two. <laughs> will not ruin this feeling that it I have. It will destroy everything. Just like how Zemeckis quit writing after this, I cannot watch another movie after this. <gasps> we gotta this. do something about your kids. <laughs> do you remember the, in school the little book, the little flyers you'd get that you could order books from? The Scholastic Book Fair? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So when Back to the Future, giant book carts. Back to the Future Part Three was about to come out in the theaters. They had the novelization in the Scholastic Book Scholastic Book Fair. Right. And I bought it. We had to do a book report on the book. <laughs> I didn't read the book, but the movie hadn't come out yet. Right. So I made up what I figured Back to the Future Part Three would be. I just wrote a book report. Got an A. And wait, I'm going to read it today. Just totally fabricated. totally made it up. All I knew is they were going back to the Old West. Then, um... <laughs> I almost kind of want to read this book report. Like, you, you didn't bring this shit? No, no. Do you not you, see the papers in his hand? He's holding it. He's about to read it right now. Well, about... A, about <laughs> For part three, you're bringing that shit. Yeah. About want, a month later, my teacher tells me to stay after class. And I'm like, well, what's up? And she goes, I went and saw Back to the Future Part 3 last night. She's like, I'm part of the Back to the Future Part 3 uh, fan club. And she goes, uh, it's nothing like your book report. I went, I guess they changed it for the novel. <laughs> <laughs> she did not believe that shit. Nope, she lowered McGrady to a C. Oh, sir. You should have cited your sources. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm sorry, maybe you, maybe you can't read MLA. <laughs> Oh my God! Ooh, man, you need to bring this in. You need to find. Oh, please this. find it. I'd love please. to read it. I'll see if I, I'll see if my mom still has it. Uh, how? Yeah, it's I'm, probably I'm, framed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so proud of this seat. See, Jamie was see, Jimmy was a very creative writer, even as a child. <laughs> <laughs> see him lying about his book report. <laughs> Nice. Oh man, it's better than my probably better than my book report on Jingle All the Way, the you know, the, um, the novelization. That they didn't even make a novelization Bullshit. for that. I have it. I'll bring it. What are you I'll bring serious? It so you, yeah, I have it. God damn, fuck man, that that just shows how much fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger was pulling it at the box office. Man, a fucking novelization. Ain't bad. 
Yeah, okay. Well. <laughs> no, no Turbo Man. <laughs> it was Sinbad, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, you like the you like you like the jingle all the way expert in my life, Jared. <laughs> I love that the scene. only person I know that's also seen that movie. Well, there's a scene where like a thousand Santa Clauses are running around, and like you know, it's fuck you. That's it's it's not it's not terrible. <laughs> I didn't say it was. It's not terrible. It's watchable. It's not as good as Last Action Hero. That's true. That's I an like actual last good movie. I, I like yeah. That's a misunderstood movie. I agree. That's a, that's a really really. <laughs> Jump to me, Danny! I will catch you. <laughs> What's the gangster's I can't, name? It's I like Donny the whatever is going to pass gas one last time. <laughs> I throws him. Throws him in the 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 Brea tar pits. Yes. Yeah. Oh man, who's the villain in that? He's so good. Charles Dance. So fucking good. Fucking Charles Dance I, is I, always good. I like I like when he when he She's pops out in the real world and he like shoots somebody. It's like I have just killed a man in cold blood. And it's like shut the fuck up down there. <laughs> this world has no consequence. I like it here. Yeah, he starts jumping in movies and oh, it's so their bad villains. ass, dude. I like and the death comes out like, dude, like yes, like. What ticket? What what so night? Great! Like, like what blockbuster makes a fucking homage to the Seventh Seal? <laughs> like what the fuck? Like, that's badass. Yeah, it was really good, man. Are we at the rating section here, guys? I guess so. Do, do you not like that? You know, like Last Action Hero. Oh yeah, do you? Yeah. Okay. okay. He just he wasn't fangirling like we were. <laughs> no, stomach's hurting, guys. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, guys, let's wrap it up here. I'm just gonna go ahead and give it a ten. Ten. Great movie. I'm gonna give it a two. Plus I'm just joking. Eight. A two plus eight. Yeah. No, man. This 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 this, this is a ten point five. You know, this is like off the scale. Like off the scale. Yeah. I'm, seriously, this is one of my favorite movies of all time. Really? Yeah. I don't know if it's one of my favorite movies of all time. But I really, 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 really like wow. it. Yeah. I I'd put it like top 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 hundred. Like you know, top fifty. I don't know, man. It's, it's just yeah. fun. I don't know. It's just a really big movie from my childhood. Yeah, I'm agreeing with Jared on this one. Yeah, no, I really like it a lot. Yeah, it's great. It is great. It's one of the, I think it's Zemeckis' best film. I can't think of, of when he's done that. I, I can't like think one. of another film he's done. What was it? Oh my god! Yeah, Roger Rabbit, Castaway, okay, yeah. Forrest Gump. Ooh, those are all good. Yeah, yeah. I like this better than. Didn't that, he though. do a um, The Wall, Christmas Carol, A Christmas Carol, okay. Beowulf? Uh, yeah, he's done uh, a lot of stuff. Romancing the Stone. I like that. I, re- I really like Castaway. Oh, uh, what's the one with Bruce Willis, Goldie Hawn, Meryl Streep? Um, they can't die, and they have the uh, Death Becomes Her. Oh, I like that too. That's oh, good. That. Oh, and What Lies Beneath? Oh, that's really good too. I like oh, his horror he's, stuff. he's damn good. He's damn good. Director. And he did, he did the uh, really good episodes of Tales from the Crypt. You know the one with the uh, the Santa that comes in. Um, I, need to... I think it's called All Through the House, where the Santa comes and, and terrorizes the uh, mom. Are just... they going to bring back the Crypt Keeper and do that again? It's time. Yeah, I think they are. I think they yeah. were, or they were trying to. I don't know. Maybe yeah. something happened with the rights, but I remember that that opening was very scary as a kid. Oh yeah, it was cool. Yeah, super badass. Yeah, so very, very nostalgic this episode. All right, guys. So you've been listening to the Movie Crew podcast. If you guys want to get in touch with us, you can do so by sending us an email to themoviecrew at gmail dot com. That's the Movie Crew. Crew spelled C R E W E. That's right. Extra E at the end of the end of the end of the word crew. Yeah. <laughs> 
at gmail.com. How many times have I done this? I don't know. I was just thinking that. He's done that a lot. <laughs> You know, okay. so sometimes you trip over yourself. You know, it it's happens. Okay. What are you going to do? So you say the same thing 38,000 times. <laughs> you guys can uh, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Movie Crew Pod. You guys can leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcast, Overcast, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcast. We surely appreciate that. Benson, where can our audience follow you, sir? At J. Edward Benson. And Jared, where can they follow you? You can follow me on Instagram at CheckTheGate. And on the Twitter at Jared B. Callen. All right, guys. So like always, we're going to close the show out with a little bit of the soundtrack. Tonight's no exception. We're going to be playing the Back to the Future theme from Mr. Alan Silvestri. And uh, what the hell? We're also going to play uh, Huey Lewis and the News, The Power of Love, right? Yeah, try getting that out of your head. You're welcome.
Trying to teach my old uh, roommate how to cook chili in a crock pot. He doesn't know how to cook at all. And he wrote me, it was like, so when it says coarse ground salt and coarse ground pepper, do I have to use that or can I just use the regular stuff that I have? No, use a coarse, use, use what it's fucking said. No, motherfucker, you can use salt and pepper, salt and pepper, dude. Like, dumb questions. No, go to the store. <laughs> ask for coarse ground. Can I get some coarse ground salt? Man, you you got to get that proper texture on your pepper, bro. All right. I don't think you're appreciating pepper properly. Actually, I love pepper. I think, but you know, I've recently learned that pepper can be very hot. <clears throat> like regular black pepper, you can ruin something with it. It can get like super fucking hot. Yeah, yeah, that's true. The, this there seems to be a story behind this. <laughs> oh no! It's just like if you I ordered like a like a pound of like these really like artisan like black peppercorns, and uh, I got this really nice pepper mill, and I was like peppering up stuff, and boy, it just real fragrant pepper will fuck some stuff up. I'm just gonna stick this right here, this whole thing, <laughs> right at the end of the podcast. So when they get done hearing, like <laughs> Huey talking Lewis about pepper, and then, and then Jared's gonna be like, "Man, you can fuck something up with some pepper. You can fuck some stuff up with pepper." <laughs> I wish I had a time machine to go back and fix the shit that I fucked up with pepper. <laughs> okay, we brought it back around. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> at the end, I like that. It's full circle. It's yeah. <laughs> All right, do it, Brian. <laughs> oh.